before we continue, I would like to uh, make a disclaimer that I think I speak on behalf of both of us when I say that we do not promote the illegal usage of uh, cannabis. Um, this is simply just a platform to to be yourself and you're welcome if you are 420 friendly or if you are not. Um, but we do not promote the the use of illegal substances on this podcast. Thank you. Happy 420, everyone. <laughs> we all know what day it is. It's my parents' anniversary. Hitler's birthday. And the day of consuming the devil's lettuce. Yes. <laughs> we have some very... We, the last time we recorded was before spring break. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So how was Texas? Texas was great. I had a lot of fun. It was much less crowded than I expected, which was awesome. So we were COVID safe most of the time. Yeah. I mean, people wore masks the night more than I expected. Mm -hmm. And I got a little bit of a tan. I peeled for three weeks, but still a little bit of a tan. <laughs> a little taste of summer. What did you do over spring break? Um... Well, I got a Nintendo Switch, so I was playing up on that, and I got the Animal Crossing edition, so it's like a little cuter, but like... As I think we talked about this, we were contemplating yeah, in the last yeah. episode, but pulled the trigger. Yeah, so I was pretty much just here with Drax, my kitty, on <laughs> during spring break. So, April, Aries season, it was your dad's birthday, yep. my mom's birthday and then and both our, of brother's our brother's birthdays um so yeah <laughs> i just got my covid vaccine my first one. Oh, same so if you haven't gotten your covid vaccine you should definitely do that right now yes i got the johnson and johnson <laughs> sadly if you don't know already that so might have a rare blood clot disease although that's less than one in a million chance there were just like a few cases yeah of so they blood clots but i'm yeah. still vaccinated so and i'm like past the point where symptoms would have surfaced so i think i'm good yeah <laughs> But we're still hoping that I don't get a blood clot. The weather's getting so nice here. I know. Like, it's sunny all the time. We're we're in Wisconsin. We're from Milwaukee. So um, it's the winters suck. So. so bad. Although I think it's supposed to snow on Tuesday. What? On 420. Yeah. So we're not recording this on 420, but we <laughs> are going to try and upload it by 420. It's two days before. So, oh, fun fact. We were initially planning on debuting our podcast like putting our first yeah. episode out on 420 honestly the thing is is like that makes it i feel like we're not really stoners at all no it wouldn't classify us <laughs> <laughs> but 420 is not just about smoking weed what is it about i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but if you can find a reason to do something on 420 do it i really don't know what i'm saying right now but trying to be influential <laughs> um <laughs> wait do you mean inspirational <laughs> yeah honestly so no i i am sober <laughs> so but for the sake of this let's yeah <laughs> you do for the sake of this yeah um so, Taylor Swift. 
Anyways. Today we're going to do a little mixture of news and our favorite songs. Yes. So we're going to add in like our songs of the week. And I I only chose one. Grace picked. I had five. (laughs) I can choose. Honestly, I'm surprised that I even did choose one because I. It changes so much. Yeah. But I recently made a right now playlist. Mm -hmm. Um. Because I normally would just hit play on my recently added. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I want like a playlist. And I just pick songs off of there. Yeah. So my song of the week is I've been listening to a lot of Louis the Child a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and saw them live. That was the first um, performance I saw at the Rave in the Eagles Club in Milwaukee. Um, and I knew like two of their songs um but even like not knowing most of their songs it was a really fun show to go to yeah yeah that's what i love about like edm music is that you don't really have to know it you can vibe to it no matter what um so the song that i picked by them uh is called passion by rac and them uh i don't really know how much i'm allowed to play but i just want to play the intro for you because it, after you hear it, you will want to listen to the rest of the song. I promise. Like so you know, vibe. It just puts you in a good mood immediately. What were your songs? I want to hear all of them. All of them. Okay. So I feel like this really highlights the uh, schizophrenic nature of my playlist. Of just like mm-hmm. my whole music library in general. So I'm going through Justin Bieber phase again. Because he's released two albums in the last two months. Um, but right now it's the Lonely Live Vivo performance. Oh, and okay. for legal reasons, this is a joke. But I illegally downloaded it off of YouTube so I could put it on my um, Apple Music playlist, which is why I like Apple Music better. Because <laughs> you could do that. Okay, so I this is something I was thinking about, but I didn't uh, write it down because I didn't think of it till right now. But I, it's great, I think, that we both are opposite with like what we listen to our music on so i think we should kind of have like a team apple music and a team spotify (laughs) that would be funny i don't know because okay so i use spotify obviously premium (laughs) because we only (laughs) we only pay for the best around here um and grace's apple music Right. Yeah. I mean, the reason I have Apple Music is because it was originally Beats One mm-hmm. that like AT and T and Apple like partnered with. Yeah. Um, which is funny that that's created by Dre, and we're gonna be talking about him a lot today. <laughs> um. But anyways, so then Apple bought Beats One yeah. and made Apple Music, and so it came with our phone plan with AT and T. So like, we just still have it. And I used, I, I mean, I had all my music on iTunes before right. I found out about yeah. Spotify. So, Lonely, the live performance um, that he posted on his Vivo. I've been listening to Christian Leave, his new song called Hardwad Body. <laughs> it's so good. And I followed mm-hmm. Christian Leave on Vine when he was just doing, like, comedy stuff. Yeah. And then he started making music. And it was really good. And he's just, his music gets better every time. Next, I have two songs from Scary Pool Party, who I've talked about before. Yeah. He was on American Idol two years ago. His name is Alejandro. And 
I just love him so much. He's so talented. And I feel like he's the honestly mm-hmm. the best artist to come out of American Idol, even though yeah. he's not got the fame level yet. Um, he's just really genuine and is really talented because he's all self-taught. Oh, wow. But he does these amazing, like this first song, Universe, that I have on here. He does these amazing arpeggios on the on his keyboard. And like oh, he God. like finger pricks the guitar like really fast. And he's all self-taught. So, yeah. So, Universe is one of them. It's, like, trappy, rappy. And then Room Full of Cards, which is more piano. It's more ballady, love songy. And then my last song is one that came up on my Apple Music Discover playlist. It's called Stunt by Darcy. That's another, like, rap song. I've heard of Darcy. But it's so good. And literally, my Discover playlist popped off last week. So that just listen to that whole thing. So those are my songs. Very nice. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Like an indie rap trap Justin Bieber. <laughs> He's so cute. So I don't know what pop culture stuff you want to talk about. I wrote down, um, for everyone who doesn't know, Grace is not the biggest Taylor Swift fan, but... <laughs> In recent news, she has uh, re-recorded uh, her like first album. Was it just her the first second. album? It's her second. second it's it's yeah, it's fearless. So it's her second album. I don't think she did her because her first one was self-titled, which is I guess I was gonna say Harry Styles did that, but he was already famous. Um, that was kind of risky of her <laughs> to make her first album. So yeah, fearless Taylor's version. So it doesn't have like um, our song. That's on her first album. Our song is Slam Screen Door. <laughs> Sneaking eye light tapping on your window. Um, I will say her first and second album I actually liked. And I don't yeah. know where my hate for her came, but I just don't get it. I don't like, especially with the newer albums. And this is not like a rag on Taylor Swift party because I really respect she's a, her career yeah she's a really influential human being and i think yeah. she has done a lot for people and she is a mainstream fucking artist yeah but i do think she runs 4chan <laughs> <laughs> there's okay there's a whole proof she's like posted pictures and it's definitely taylor swift's house and like one of the posts was like i just got a new cat what should i name it and all the comments said meredith and then like the next week she reveals her new cat named meredith hmm. so yeah she's definitely in the illuminati well we all we all saw the initiation of kanye right kanye wanye yeezy I don't know why I put this down. Like, I we're not a news <laughs> platform. Alto saxophonist Sonny Simmons died at age 87. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> Who is that? I don't know. He's a saxophonist, <laughs> though. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, DMX. Yeah. Who sang, X gon' give it to you. He gon' give, give it, it to you. X gon'. Yeah. Um, that was really sad. He had a heart attack, and he was on life support in the hospital, and he passed away on the 9th. But Hypebeast said that they'll have a live stream of his memorial really? on the 24th. That's cool. So, yeah. Um, the Jake Paul fight. Ugh. That was last night. And let me just say, I don't drink and it shows. <laughs> I, had, I had one shot, which was heavily chased, and then three White Claws. And I was a little hungover today. And I, I a little? I, okay, yes. <laughs> I threw up a, a few lot times. today. Um. <laughs> But I'm going to blame that on the fact that I didn't eat like, yeah, anything Yeah, neither of us did. And yeah, so that's why I don't drink because, wow, 
Wow. Anyways, the Jake Paul fight. So it lasted what two minutes? Yeah. All I remember again, I was pretty hammered. We were talking in another room, and then we came out, and Jake Paul was crying. Yeah. It was like yeah. they they, they just off. put we it like- on. It like it froze. I remember, didn't it freeze on the TV? Yeah. And then she fixed it, and it was just Jake crying. Yeah. And they were like, no way. No, we don't need. They did not call that, and they did. But I guess Ben Askren has like CTE, so they like, and he was already they both stumbling. Suck. Like I heard, they both aren't good. Like, yeah, that's why he chose to fight him. But at least Ben Askren is an actual MMA fighter. Right. Yeah, I mean, Jake Paul has the money, right, and the resources to. I had a theory in my head today. I was like, what if he paid him to lose? He definitely could have, and that probably happens a lot. And yeah. Like, think about how much money Jay has. He right. definitely could have paid him to lose. Honestly, okay. I do I do have a tie-dye Jake Paul sweatshirt. <laughs> you do? Yes. In my basement. Because I followed... I didn't even... I wasn't even really that much of a fan of Jake. I was more a fan of Logan. Right. Um, but, like, his early YouTube content before he got, like, super duper famous. Like, he was pretty famous on Vine or whatever, but, yeah. like... I watched his daily vlogs when he like first started YouTube and they were really good. Yeah. And then they yeah, both like, got annoying as fuck yeah. and Logan fell in a dead body. <laughs> Jake is just a sociopathic douchebag apparently. Anyways. Sticking to social media, I guess, again, <laughs> we're talking about non-music related things, yeah. but the whole TikTok drama mm-hmm. with our love square i don't know how to feel about it i feel like it's kind of stupid but i understand that which okay listen if if you know about the tiktok drama we're talking about the chase or i guess the, it kind of includes chase but Vanessa, more... josh jared 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 jaden jaden and mads and mads um if you know about it you know about it if you don't don't even fucking worry about it because you don't want to (laughs) you no it's it's really stupid honestly it's these young kids and relationships so anyways the whole drama is that um mads and Jaden were dating and josh and nessa were dating so josh and nessa break up who knows why they're both of these couples are very very on and off so they break up and Nessa puts out a song with Jaden. So they're hanging out a lot. They're doing, you know, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know which one it was. And Mads finds out that Jaden likes Nessa and then they broke up. Well, she found out after they broke up. So she, they broke up because they were not doing well. There was some toxicity. At least this is what she tells Alex Cooper on Call Her Daddy. So they break up way before, not way before, like the few days before she finds that out. And now it's just a whole mess for no reason. (laughs) Because Jaden and Nessa are dating, I guess, now. Anyways, I mean, it's like, it's just, it sucks for like them to go through that shit, like on social media. Like, I understand why like Mads and Josh are hurting. Like, obviously they still love these Mm -hmm. people and now they're dating each other. Yeah. And they were all friends. They're all friends. Yeah. Like josh is best friends with Jaden. mads was best friends with nessa so it's like girl code guy code yeah. type stuff which i understand why they're hurt but just to make this yeah. big of a deal about it is what i don't understand yeah. <laughs> um i think that's all the 
news that's happening right now. Oh, I just, I forgot that I was going to rant about how my parents got married on 420. Like, they're they're very against weed, but they have the audacity to get married on this day. How dare you? When did 420, like, become a thing for weed? So, there's many, I actually like, what made a long time what, ago when yeah. my parents were at the flea market. Um, oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for legal reasons. <laughs> um, okay, why is April, why April 20? There's a few possible explanations for why marijuana enthusiasts' day of celebration landed on this day, but the real origin remains a bit of a mystery. Um, Stephen Hagar, former editor of marijuana-focused news outlet High Times, told the New York Times the holiday came out of a ritual started by a group of high school students in the 1970s. They ritually smoked marijuana every day at 4.20 p.m. The ritual spread, and soon 4.20 became code for smoking marijuana. Hmm. And originally, eventually 4.20 was converted to 4.20 for calendar purposes. One common belief is that 4.20 was the California police penal code for marijuana, but there was no evidence to support that. Another theory is that there are 420 active chemicals in marijuana, hence an obvious connection between the drug and the number, but there are more than 500 active ingredients, and only 70 or so are cannabinoids. Lesser known possibility comes from the 1939 story In the Walls of Eryx by H.P. Lovecraft and Kenneth Sterling. The story describes curious mirage plants that seem fairly similar to the to marijuana and appeared to get the narrator high at according to his watch around 420 since the story is from 1939 it is perhaps the earliest written link between marijuana and 420 so there you go that's why 420 is 420 i heard something that had to do with kurt cobain i don't know why but it's also hitler's birthday see i i know kurt cobain definitely smoked weed but i know him more for using heroin Mm -hmm. yeah than anything else so i was strange yeah that would make sense that it was like a code Mm -hmm. name especially because it's it's illegal illegal. (laughs) i remember being a freshman in high school and not knowing what happened on 420 that's how sheltered i was was they were like everyone was like it's 420 you know what you y'all know what to do or whatever i was like what are we doing so if we want to get into our artist 420 so it's 420 so who else would we pick to research than bob marley himself and the d-o-double-g let me tell you about mr bob marley and how he is a 420 founding father because he smoked upwards to about a pound a week. Pound? A pound. How many ounces? Eight week. ounces are in mm-hmm. a pound? That's literally yeah. over an ounce a day. <laughs> That's insane. Um. So Bob Marley, he was born Robert Nesta Marley on February 6th, 1945, which makes him an Aquarius, I think. And he was born in St. Anne's Parish, Jamaica. Jamaica. Bye, Ashley. Um, to... <laughs> <laughs> I love that interview. So his dad was Norval Marley, um, and his mom was Sedella Booker. Um, That's a really pretty name. And she was a teenager. Um, and I didn't actually know that Bob Marley was mixed. His dad is white. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so Bob left home at age 14 to pursue uh, a career in music in Kingston, Jamaica. 
where uh, is where he met Joe Higgs, who was a Jamaican-known musician um, and ended up becoming a, a tutor, kind of a mentor to Bob Murley. <laughs> Um, he cut his first single called Judge Not in 1962 for producer Leslie Kong, but um, they ended up severing ties due to money-related argument. Um, and then in 1963, Bob Marley got with singers uh, Peter Tosh, Bunny Livingston, Junior Braithwaite, uh, Beverly Kelso, and Cherry Smith. Um, to form the vocal group we know as the Whalers. Um, now they're the Whalers, but before they were first called the Teenagers, and then they were called the Wailing Rude Boys. Um, so then they decided on Bob Marley and the Whalers, and they signed with um, producer Coxone Dodds, Legendary Studio One. Yeah. And they recorded their debut uh, called I'm Still Waiting. Marley pretty much assumed lead vocals at that point. Um, and then the group made a follow-up called Simma Down, uh, <laughs> topped with, and that topped Jamaican charts, and then sparked the series uh, release of the singles Let Him Go, uh, in parentheses, Rude Boy Get Gale, um, Dancing Shoes, Jerk in Time, Who Feels It Knows It, and What Am I To Do. Um, in total, BMNW, Bob Marley. <laughs> Oh, did you write the just the letters? <laughs> Recorded uh, ten tracks for Dodd before uh, their disband in 1966. That was fast. Yeah. Um. So Bob Marley then married Rita Anderson, who was a singer from the group The Solettes, and was later she was later a successful member of the I Three band. Um. But they don't oh, okay. So. Oh, so they got married. They got married in 1966, and in Newark, Delaware, which is where Bob Marley's mom had been living since '63. Um, so in October of the same year, Marley returned to Jamaica and reformed the Whalers with Livingston and Peter Tosh, and released "Bend Down Low" on their own label, uh, Whale and Solemn label, um, which was unsuccessful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then during this time, the three members started devoting themselves um, into teaching the Rastafari faith, uh, which was something that was very important to Bob Marley until he passed away. Which the from for what I have read up about the Rastafari faith is it's mostly Christianity, but they heavily promote the use of marijuana. Like they, it's. And it's about like peace and unity and just like all coming together as one. And like nonviolence. Right. And he he talks about this in his music. Um, so then in early 1968, the Whalers recorded a ton of new material for their producer, Danny Sims, um, before partnering with Lee Scratch Perry. And then Perry had a house band called The Upsetters that um, helped... The Whalers make classics like My Cup, Duppy, Conqueror, Soul Almighty, and Small X, which was the foundation for their Jamaican, their Jamaican music and like the reggae sound, which if you don't already know, Bob Marley is the king of reggae and he put reggae music on the charts. Um, they called him the, the first like third world celebrity um, because he he came from like a, a, a village that was like third world and he put 
their lifestyle out into the world and i think um so many people love his music like i don't know um so then ashton family man barrett and his brother carlton barrett uh who were a part of the upsetters uh ended up joining the whalers full-time um, in 1971, the group founded another independent label called Tough Gong, uh, releasing a few singles before signing with Chris Blackwell's Island Records a year later. And then their album Catch a Fire debuted in 1973, and it was their first to be released outside of Jamaica and was a worldwide hit. Um, their follow-up album Burnin' gave us the song I Shot the Sheriff, uh, which so was good. a top Ten hit for Eric Clapton in 1974. I don't know why Eric Clapton just keeps like coming up in these people I'm researching. Like I don't understand. It was just such a random fact too. Like why did why do you care what's on Eric Clapton's top ten? Yeah, I'm wait like like just it was just one of his favorite songs. I that's what they're saying. I think or did he so. Cover it? I've never heard an Eric Clapton cover of that song. Me neither. Only ever. Heard I don't know what Marley. that means, but Eric Clapton <laughs> has something to do with it. Um. <laughs> Peter Tosh and Bunny Livingston quit uh, to pursue solo careers. Um, and then <laughs> Marley brought the I-3s, which obviously had his wife, Rita, along with uh, Marcia Griffiths, Griffiths and Judy Mowat, Mowat, and toured with them before releasing groundbreaking album Natty Dread um, and reached UK's top 40 with the help from song No Woman, No Cry. <laughs> silent screams for that song um so there were they had sold out so many shows in from at the london lyceum where he played he was playing music for racial a racial mix crowd a racially mixed crowd which was like it was the 70s so yeah. it was obviously not fully segregated but it was mm, still there was tension yeah it was a little weird to the boomers. Well, the boomers were young. True. But they're boomers. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. I just don't know what the older generation is called. I think those are just... The greatest uh, generation. Yeah. So he had major success uh, in the Rastaman vibration in Rastaman. 1976, which was a top 10 hit in the US. And Bob Marley was slowly becoming a mainstream musician. Um, people from his home viewed him as a prophet and, um, he just like captivated his people with his songs and his music. Um, uh, on December 3rd, 1976, Bob Marley was wounded due to an assassination attempt, uh, which forced him to leave Jamaica for over a year. Um, and just like hearing, hearing this like makes me, it just made me so sad because like how much hate do you have to have in your heart to like purposely try to kill someone who is only trying to spread love? Like it just like I understand president assassinations because obviously when you're president, you get like both of the very polarized viewpoints where someone's going to be completely opposite of you. But like Bob, how could you hate Bob Marley? Well, so I mean, even though, okay, so... It wasn't necessarily that he was worldwide, like he was super political on a worldwide level, but Jamaica was going through a lot of wars at oh, that time. Oh yeah. Um, so it was he was being very politically outspoken for his for being in his country. Yeah. So again, it's still a fucked up way to. It's still fucked up, no matter what, like to kill someone just because you don't like the message they're sending out or whatever. I don't know, but like. 
<sighs> but seriously, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How do you have the energy to just kill someone? Like, I don't even have the... <laughs> <laughs> Straight up are two ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, he... After that assassination attempt, he left Jamaica and was gone for over a year. And then in 1977... Exodus was released and would be the best work to date. Um, and it produced hits like Jamming, We're Jamming, Wait, Waiting in Vain, and the iconic One Love, One Heart. Let's, Let's get, get together, together and feel alright. One love slash people get ready, which he never actually says people get ready. I mean, he implies that, yes, we should get ready. I don't know for what. I mean, maybe for unity, but bitch, I've been ready. Like, let's go. So then the album Kaya was a hit as well with songs like, Is this love? Is this love? Is this love? Is this love? And I'm feeling. <laughs> um, and Satisfy My Soul. Um, Survival's release was kicked off with, uh, a concert in the newly liberated Zimbabwe. Um, and then in 1980 was supposed to be, uh, a really big year for Marley, um, with the announcement of him touring the U.S., but he ended up collapsing in a park in, or in Central Park in New York City while jogging, and it ended up being a result of cancer that had spread to his brain, lungs, and liver. Um, and so the documentary that I watched, uh, about him, they were just talking about how, like, he wasn't scared of death at all. And he was really young. He was 36. Um, up, so Uprising was Marley's final album. And then he passed away on May 11th, 1981 at age 36, which is how my stepfather is right now. So that's like, that's way too young to die. But, um, his family talked about how, like, he just spent the time he had left preparing to pass away that he wasn't like yeah upset about it he said he was talking about how like how if god says that this is my time then it's my time or whatever so because his legendary work was so short-lived um i'm gonna talk about his kids because he had 11 acknowledged kids that we know of um and so with seven different moms um, three with his wife, Rita, um, and then he adopted, he adopted two of Rita's kids from a previ previous relationship, um, and then the rest of his kids were from just other women. Um, so most people just know Ziggy, uh, that's his oldest son, um, he's done the most, like, work in his father's footsteps, but act, but you'll be surprised actually with most of, of the them. success of these other siblings too. So, the oldest of all of the kids is uh, Sharon, um, who is Rita's daughter and was a longtime member of the Melody Makers, which was founded by Ziggy, uh, Stephen or Stefan, and Sadella, who are the other siblings. Um, and she is also a community organizer and activist. And then she's also a curator at the Bob Marley Museum uh, in Kingston, Jamaica. Cool. Um, which I wonder what's in that museum. Like, I wonder if there's, like, roaches that... <laughs> <laughs> did, he did he smoke joints? I don't know. 
I'm sure he smoked anything. Everything. He yeah. smoked a pound of it. I, I mean, <laughs> there's probably uh, instruments. I forgot the word. Yeah. Um. So she was born in 1964. 1967. Sadella was born. She's uh. She was Rita and Bob Marley's first daughter together. Um, along with being in the Melody Makers, she was also a fashion designer and she designed uniforms for the 2012 Jamaican Olympics team. Cool. I mean, they and were probably she, like, you're literally Bob Marley's daughter. Please do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she was also, she helped designing the Puma and Barney's New York line. So Ziggy was born in 1968. Um, he's done a lot of things, but he's most known. He... <laughs> He wrote the theme song for PBS Kids show Arthur. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, which. I'm trying to remember how it goes. Oh my God. That is him. Dude. Why? Why did I not realize that that was reggae as a kid? It makes so much. It all makes sense. So yeah. And then uh, he also has a comic book called Marijuana Man. <laughs> Um, and a lot of people think that he got his, the, cause his real name is David. Um, and a lot of people think that he got the nickname Ziggy from his dad, but he actually gave it to himself, which is kind of lame. Uh, but it was inspir- inspiration from David Bowie's album, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, okay. So his name is David Ziggy. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, okay. These next three kids were all born in 1972, but they are not twins or triplets. How? Uh, so in April, Stefan or Steven Marley was uh, Bob and Rita's second son. Um, he's an eight-time Grammy-winning musician um, and record producer. And he's worked with his siblings along with uh, the Fugees, uh, Michael Franti, and Nelly. I like Michael Franti a lot. Um and then Robert was born like May 16th or May 6th, I think, of 72. He's Bob Marley Jr. Yeah. Does he go by Bob Marley Jr.? I have no idea. There's not much info on him because he <laughs> lives a private life. Um, and then like two days later, Rohan was born. Rohan. Uh, and he's the son of Bob and Jeanette Hutt. Um, so all the three of them that were born in 72 have different moms. Yes. He, so Rohan is, um, he's also a musician and he's also a former college and pro football player, um, from the University of Miami and then the Canadian Football League, the Ottawa Rough Riders. (laughs) Um, he founded Tough Gong Clothing Line, um, which, if you remember from before, they had their second self-proclaimed label yeah. was Tough Gong. I don't know what a gong is. The instrument? Like a gong? It goes gong. Oh. I don't know if that's what that means, but that's what a gong is. <laughs> okay. Oh, and Marley Coffee Business. And then he also has five kids with singer-actress Lauren Hill. Oh. I love Lauren Hill. In 1973, Karen was born. Nobody knows anything about Karen. her. Karen. <laughs> Is she a Karen? I mean, <laughs> she lives a private life, so maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, and then in 1974, Stephanie, uh, who was Rita's other daughter, um, directs Marley Resort and Spa in Nassau in the Bahamas. 
um nassau which was a like old like vacation like family home that they renovated into a resort i guess um so in 1975 then there was julian um he's also a musical performer and he performs with ziggy and steven and damien and he's a grammy award nominated musician as well as um a devoted member of the rastafarian faith just like his dad um, in 1976, Kaimani's mom was Anita Belnavis, who is a table tennis champion. <laughs> um, Kaimani is a musician and a film actor, and he starred in a lot of Jamaican films uh, like One Love and Shada, and has worked with uh, artists like Shaggy. <laughs> so I'm in the shower. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then the youngest, Damien, uh, who is nicknamed Junior Gong, is Bob's youngest son, born to former Miss World Cindy Breakspear, who sounds like just a dyslexic Britney Spears. <laughs> and she was also a jazz musician, which is probably how um, her and Bob Marley met. Um, so Damien's also a reggae musician and has won three Grammy Awards. And has worked with artists like Nas, Mick Jagger, who we all know as Harry Styles' biological father, <laughs> and Skrillex. And Snoop Dogg. I learned that yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, that's the um, kind of sad story of Bob Marley. Um, obviously, I think he would have gone on to make many more um, albums and had done a lot for humanity efforts. He would have been, I think... I want to say 76 if he was still alive. Um, okay, so some songs that I love from Bob Marley and the Wailers is This Love, Could You Be Loved, Three Little Birds, Steer It Up, <laughs> um, obviously One Love, and then uh, Satisfy My Soul is also really good. Um, and then some similar artists. Uh, I didn't see it recommended on my Spotify, but I put Harry Belafonte uh, just because I think He's not really reggae, but, like, it's still that kind of, like, chill, like, yeah. just vibing out. Um, Inner Circle, Sister Nancy, Still Pulse, and Alton Ellis are all other reggae musicians that um, resemble Bob Marley's works. Um, so, yeah, that is my, yeah, Barb Marley. <laughs> okay, let's hear about Snoop, Snoop, D Snoop Doggy Dog. Okay. So Snoop Dogg was born October 20th, 1971. He's a Scorpio, Scorpio. just oh like me, God. in Long Beach, California. <laughs> and he his birth name is Calvin. I am going to butcher his middle name. Cordozar. Cordozar. It's C-O-R-D-O-Z-A-R. Cordozar. <laughs> uh, Brodus Jr., and he's not junior after his birth dad because he left three months after Snoop was born. Mm -hmm. But it's after his stepdad. That's cool. Yeah. So he got the nickname Snoopy at an early age because his mom said that he watched Peanuts so much that mm -hmm. he started to look like Snoopy. And he loves Snoopy so much <laughs> that she started to see a resemblance. Um, he has two brothers, one older and one younger. So he's the middle. The middle child. Yeah, he's got middle child syndrome for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so in 1975, he began singing and playing piano at the 
Golgotha Trinity Baptist Church. Is he a good singer? Uh, I'm sure he was as a kid. And he started rapping in sixth grade. He also... Okay, so this is the time frame of 1975 to 1988. So, like, when he was four till high school. (laughs) Okay. So, as a kid, he sold candy, delivered newspapers, bagged groceries, and stuff like that to help his family make ends meet. Um... And he was described as being a dedicated student and enthusiastic churchgoer, active in choir and football. Um, he said his mom made him be like the lead of the choir, even though he didn't want to. <laughs> so then in 1989, he joins the Rolling Twenties Crips gang in, in Long Beach. And shortly after, he was arrested for possession of cocaine. (laughs) And for the next three years, he was frequently incarcerated, including at Wayside Jail. Just what are you doing, Snow? In a gang. He's a crip. So aside from his gang activity, (laughs) he started his music career um, with his two cousins, Nate Dog and friend Warren G. My stepfather likes to go by Nate Dog because of the rapper Nate Dog. Yes. Because he's not original at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Warren G. happened to be Dr. Dre's stepbrother. So their group was called 213 after the area code of Long Beach. And they recorded a few homemade tapes, which ended up in the hands of Dr. Dre. The Beats Master. (laughs) Uh, Because Warren gave them Mm -hmm. to him. So one of Snoop's early solo freestyles over Hold On by On Vogue was on a mixtape that wound out wound up with dre and he was impressed by the sample so he called snoop into audition for it wasn't death row yet but mm-hmm. it was dre and suge knight's little thing they had going on because this was oh i meant to explain the whole nwa breakup yeah. where they were all obviously in compton and dre split off to with suge to make death row but i think that's really the only Thing you really need to know about it um we can probably do it nwa like full yeah we will thing. um so dre was kind of a mentor for snoop as you can see in like the straight out of compton movie mm-hmm. so he taught him how to structure his lyrics and like separate the themes and diverses hooks and choruses like all the technical style um mm-hmm. so in 1992 dre included snoop in a few of his projects like the deep cover theme song which was a tv show in the 90s and it's a really good song actually and he also included him on his album the chronic Ooh. um in nothing but a g thing yeah and reinted the foe and yeah that's when he went as snoop doggy dog so he obviously very very quickly became one of the most famous rappers um because people mm-hmm. loved his like drawled rhyming like he's like he just like threw out his words yeah. and like it was just very chill um he also they also loved the realistic violence violence implied in his lyrics which because he was living that in as a crip um so he was signed with death row so 92 is when death row was created um and he was signed by dre and suge knight the devil <laughs> which we'll talk about later as well in August of 93, Snoop was arrested in connection with the drive-by shooting death of Philip Wildermarion. So, according to the charges, Snoop's bodyguard, McKinley Lee, shot the guy um, as Snoop drove the vehicle. He claimed it was self-defense, alleging that Philip was stalking him. And following a performance at the MTV Music Awards in September of 93, he turned himself 
in. And then there was the whole uh, trial and everything. Did he, he, but he wasn't convicted? No. Um, so that year, Doggy Style comes out in November. It was, it was the first debut album ever to enter the charts at number one, because he was already so famous from Dre's album. Um, and despite reviews that claim the album was a carbon copy of The Chronic, um, the top 10 singles, What's My Name, and Gin and Juice kept Doggy Style at the top of the charts. And obviously, it's going to be close to the chronic because Dre produced it. <laughs> so, there was also considerable considerable controversy over his arrest at that point. Um, and his lyrics were considered exceedingly violent and sexist. And this was like the whole white people battle against quote-unquote gangsta rap. <laughs> A lot of mad mothers out there. I mean, it was really sexist, but that's I mean, just how it was. I feel like there's always sexism. Always- <laughs> I mean, it's their life at that point. Right. I mean, it's... I don't know. So, in 94, he was touring, and when he was in England, um, tabloids and a Tory minister pleaded the government to kick him out of the country because, like, of his arrest Mm -hmm. and everything, and they were still, like, figuring out a trial. And I think he did get kicked out for a while. He's he's gotten banned from so many countries (laughs) for, like, just, like, a few years at a time. I don't... (laughs) Nobody... Because it's, it's for weed. It's for having weed. Like, just massive amounts of it. imagine getting banned? Banned from an entire country. And cocaine. Weed. He's carrying cocaine, too. Cocaine's not great. No. But <laughs> he's Snoop Dogg. So, in 95, he exploited his impending trial by shooting a short film based on the song Murder Was the Case from Doggy Style and releasing an accompanying soundtrack, which also de- debuted at number one in October of 95. And I watched the short film. It's actually really good. Um, And Snoop's in it. So it's like, I don't know. It talks about like, basically this girl was cheating on her boyfriend with Snoop. But then was going to like break up with him anyways. But he heard her talking to Snoop on the phone before she could break up with him. And then he rolls by Snoop and shoots up the like gas station that they were at. And then like as snoop's dying he like makes a deal with the devil to live and it rewinds and all of them get killed all of like the guy and his friends that originally killed snoop and all his friends died but then the cops showed up and snoop got arrested and everything so he was like either way you know you die or you die (laughs) anyways so by that time doggy cell had gone quadruple platinum already after being out for two years and then 95 he spent most of his time just preparing for the case which went into trial in the late months of that year so in february of 96 he was cleared of all charges and began working on a second album but dre wasn't a producer on it. no reason just he wasn't i legit thought that dr dre was dead up until like earlier <laughs> no, this year he's very much yeah. alive i think all of the nwa members except for easy are still alive um so he featured on tupac's uh two of america's most wanted in may <laughs> Uh, Suge Knight bought him a giant mansion into which he moved in with his baby mama, Shantae Taylor. So he had his first son. They owned 20 pit bulls. So they had a dog kennel. 20. Who needs 20 dogs? I think everyone should have it. Pit bulls are so cute. They They, smile so big. Uh, So then that year also he created doggy style records like as like a branch off from Death Row. And they signed their first artist. 
which he actually didn't release any music under his own record label for a while. But then he puts out The Dog Father, the spelled T-H-A, which if I say the in the title of any of his music, it has an A instead of an E. <laughs> the Dog Father. So one of the songs in there is Up Jump the Boogie. Again, the the has an A, which is sampled from Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight. Um, the album was greeted with mixed reviews and initially it initially sold well but failed to produce like any hits like gin and juice or anything like that part of the reason okay this is part of the reason tupac died weeks before the release dr dre had left death row and suge knight was in jail oh my gosh so it just kind of got wrapped up in like all the drama and nobody like focused on it because they were focused on tupac dying and the whole drama with death uh death row so it still debuted at number one (laughs) but like for the successes of his first two albums it was not as good so in 1997 snoop realized that suge owned all of his music and all of his houses cars everything because he wasn't being paid full royalties but he was getting these lavish gifts from the record company so they gave like they like paid Hmm. him in gifts rather than money um yeah so that's he wanted out of his contract with death row at that point but he he had to finish it so he started to make an album called fuck death row but Mm -hmm. it was never released because another rapper master p convinced him not to release Mm -hmm. it because he literally would have been killed if he did by suge knight would definitely hire someone to kill him if he (laughs) put that out yes and snoop has said that he was like master p saved my life because if i released that I wouldn't be alive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he then moves away from his like gangster roots towards like a calmer lyrical aesthetic. And he also began making gestures towards the rock community. Um, That year he toured with Lollapalooza, which is obviously like a rock festival. Or it's supposed to be. Now it's inclusive to all types of music. But And then he had another son with Shantae in February and married her in June of 97. So in 98, he ended up signing with Master P's No Limit Records. And due to his death row contract, he had to change his name to just Snoop Dogg because... If he was still Snoop Doggy Dog, they would have a whole bunch of issues with death row. And he also had an illegitimate son with a lady named Lori Holmond. Hello, Lori. So he just flat out cheated on Shantae, but they're still together. <laughs> and then in August, his album, The Game, is not to be sold. Wait, is to be sold, not to be told. So that's the, uh, he's got the song Still a G Thing, which is the sequel to Nothing But a G Thing, <laughs> obviously. This album also debuted at number one, and it had more of like an East Coast rap sound, which everyone got angry about because they're like, Snoop, you're a West Coast artist. You know, that whole battle. <laughs> yeah. Why does it matter? <laughs> I don't know. So in 99, his album No Limit Top Dog comes out in May, and he started working with Dre again, so his West Coast sound came back because Dre's producing it. It includes a song called Snoop Fella, which mm-hmm. is sort of like a cover slash it just samples the song Cinderfella Dana Dane by Dan- Dana Dane. <laughs> It debuted at number two, so this was his first album not to debut at number one. Um, his third son was born in June, and his autobiography, The Dog Father, was published that year as well, mm-hmm. in 99. Um, in 2000, he goes on a tour called the Up and Smoke Tour with Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and Eminem, huh. <laughs> which was a really weird addition. Great. But so they had like a whole NWA reunion yeah. plus Snoop Dogg and Eminem. Mm-hmm. And then he puts 
Oh, this was an album comes out in October called Dead Man Walkin'. And it's a compilation album of Snoop songs that Death Row put out without Snoop's authorization. So that album doesn't show up on like Apple Music or Spotify or anything under Snoop Dogg. Because I think he probably sued them and got it taken down. But because he didn't want them to make money off of him. Even though technically they still own the rights to those songs. So he puts out his own album that year called The Last Meal in December. It was his last album on No Limit Records and his first album on Doggy Style, his own record label. This one actually Timberland helped produce, so that's when Timberland's career starts. The singles are Snoop Dogg, What's My Name Part 2, Lay Low, Losing Control, and Wrong Idea. Um, this heavy release schedule resulted in varying musical quality from album to album, um, but Snoop had c- become such like a cultural phenomenon that his albums were like secondary to his just like his personality and like his just persona in general yeah Mm -hmm. i love snoop's music but i i like know him so much more for just like being snoop dog yeah just like just just how he is that's in 2001 he directed a porn (laughs) he shot it in his house on my birth year (laughs) yeah it's called snoop dog's doggy style i tried to find it and i couldn't find it anywhere and he like was in it but he never he wasn't like doing the porn he was just like presenting it he was like this is my porn (laughs) thank you for watching my video thank um please like drop a comment subscribe below (laughs) um in 2002 he said he was giving up weed forever oh my goodness that's what they all say (laughs) obviously that didn't uh why did he say that i don't know no explanation just giving up weed forever um, then he signed with mm-hmm. Capital through Priority Records. He's really label hopping. And he puts out uh, Paid the Cost to Be a Boss in November. Boss has dollar signs where this it should be. <laughs> so that includes From the Church. The Church has no R. To the Palace featuring Pharrell. And the other Pharrell featured track called Beautiful. That um, also features Charlie Wilson. And this, he embraced a pimp image rather than a gangster. And we figure out later it's because he actually was a pimp at this point. Like, 2000, he said 2003 to 2004, he was a pimp. He said in a, an interview, that shit was my natural calling. Once I got involved with it, it became fun. It was like shooting layups for me. I was making them every time. He wanted to say that on the advice of some of the pimps he knew, he eventually gave up pimping to spend more time with his family. <laughs> Pimping? Pimping. Okay, but yeah, what, being a pimp. is a pimp, like, just a sex trafficker, essentially? Yes. He, like, sets men up with escorts, I'm pretty sure. Or, like, yeah. he, like, he runs the He does the escorts. deal. Yeah. Weird. There's not, so, there's, not a bil- there's not a building for escorts <laughs> to just walk in. You, got, yeah. you have to find a pimp. So, he never actually said, but I'm sure that that is probably the reason him and Shantae get divorced in yeah. 2004. He said it was just over irreconcilable <laughs> differences, which he was a pip. <laughs> he switched labels again to Geffen in June. I've never heard of that label. Me neither. But he puts out an album with his old group, 213, called The Hard Way in August with songs like So Fly and Groupie Love. Those are the singles. But he also puts out his own album, RNG, in parentheses, Rhythm and Gangsta, the masterpiece in November. This is where we get Drop It Like It's Hot. Snoop! Yeah, so that was his first number one single. 
was Drop It Like It's Hot. That album has Let's Get Blown and the hit Signs with Justin Timberlake and Charlie Wilson. And Ups and Downs featuring the Bee Gees song Love You Inside Out, which mm. is kind of cool. He samples a lot of like old 60s rock. <laughs> he also, this is funny, he appeared in the video for Korn's Twisted Transistor with Lil Jon. And it's funny because that is one of the only Korn songs I like. <laughs> I never really got into corn. Really. It's a really good song, actually. And that's like, it's a, a family favorite, corn. Um, so in 2005, he puts out the Welcome to the Church, except church has no R, the album. It's a collection of tracks from the Welcome to the Church mixtape series. With no R. Church. And yeah, that's, yeah. Um, he hosted a West Coast Peace Summit in hopes of squashing all beefs with Suge. It was successful, even though Suge didn't go. <laughs> Is Suge just like a petty bitch? Like He's just a really powerful man. He's also giant. Okay, so. Okay. He's scary. Is he like Marcellus Wallace in Pulp Fiction? I've never seen that. Really? Mm-mm. He's like, just like the big angry businessman who rips everybody off. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. He also founded a production company called Snoopadelic Films in 2005. He does everything. <laughs> in 2006, he appeared on The Dog Pound's Callie is Active and Ice Cube's Laugh Now, Cry Later album. Uh, towards the end of the year, he intentionally leaked his song called Real Talk. It was dedicated to the former Crips leader, Stanley Tukey Tukey. Williams and a diss to Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> who was the governor of California at the time. He also appeared on two shorts, Keep Bouncing with Will I Am and Coolio's Gangsta Walk. Um, and then the song Vado, Vato, Vado, with Cypress Hill, uh, Cypress Hill's Be Real became his next album's lead off single. So this was the blue carpet treatment. It came out in November. And the reason he changed red carpet to blue carpet was because he's a crip. <laughs> and I think he still was at this point. Or he's st- definitely an honorary crip always. So were Tupac and Biggie in the same? They were bloods, I believe. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure they were both pretty much East Coast. But him and Snoop were still really close friends, even though they were in yeah. gangs. Because I think they had both like kind of distanced themselves from it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this capped off a year of heavy west coast activity (laughs) um and it includes get a light which features damian marley (laughs) which is kind of fun so in 2007 snoop dogg is the first artist to release a track as a ringtone before its release as a single it was the it's the dog he also performed at the live earth concert for earth day earth day it's coming up Yes. He also ventured into singing for Bollywood, which with his first ever rap for an Indian movie, Sing is King. The song title is also Sing is King, and he appears in the movie as himself. <laughs> I love that for him. I know. He is in so many shows yes. and movies. I just saw an episode of, I don't I don't even watch Trailer Park Boys. Yes. That's I what just I was just about to He's on five episodes of Trailer Park Boys. Five? Five. I saw him in like two he's of in them. The Simpsons. But, yeah. He's in King of the Hill. Crazy. He's in the, one of the scary movies. Mm-hmm. Not as himself though. That's one of the ones <laughs> where he actually like acts. <laughs> so in 2008, he recruited two hip hop veterans, Teddy Riley and DJ Quick, and formed the production team uh, QDT Music, which stands for Quick Dog Teddy. Quick Dog Teddy. It's just their names. 
and his album Ego Trippin' comes out in March, which inclu- included the single Sexual Eruption. Check it. It's a pretty good song. Um, and that included a lot of samples. Mm-hmm. He did another BG sample. He sampled like lullabies. Kind of crazy. Um, so in 2009, he gets back with Priority Label, and they made him the creative chairman of the company. Mm-hmm. So he's on the board. <laughs> And then that year, he put out Malice in Wonderland in December with Gangsta Love featuring The Dream, I Wanna Rock featuring Jay-Z, and Pronto featuring Soldier Boy. But then he re-released it, I don't know why, as more Malice instead of Malice in Wonderland. I love Malice in Wonderland. It's such a play on Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but now it's just more Malice. More Malice. I guess they just wanted more <laughs> Which Malice. sucks. Um, so in 2010, the CD slash DVD set, More Malice, uh, rounded up some odds and ends from the album and packaged them into a DVD uh, featuring the Malice in Wonderland short film. Kind of, He does a lot of films. So in May, he puts out California Girls with Katy Perry, and that's yes. his third number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It's, oh, I love that song. And it just made him more mainstream because he was with Katy Perry. Um, in 2011, he puts out Dogumentary in March. Um, he considered this the sequel to Doggy Style, his debut. The record featured guest artists including Kanye West, John Legend, Wiz Khalifa, Gorillaz, and Willie Nelson. So yeah. all your weed Mount Rushmore faces. <laughs> uh, the singles were Wet and Boom. <laughs> I love this album. Um, I think two of my songs, my recommended songs, are from this album. It's just good vibes all around. Um, and, like, all the features are great, especially the John Legend one. Um, Snoop also collaborated with The Lonely Island, which is Andy Samberg's gr- music group. Andy Samberg has a music group? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Dick in a Box, I'm on a Boat. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the song is called Turtleneck and Chain. <laughs> <laughs> So, in 2012, this is when, oh, I guess this is late 2011 into 2012, the Mac and Devin Go to High School movie and soundtrack come out. So, the soundtrack came out in, well, Young, Wild, and Free, which is arguably his most popular song, which I think is bogus, but it's whatever. Um, it came out in October of 2011. The full soundtrack came out in December, and then the movie came out in July. So they shot this movie at an actual high school. They got their permit revoked to use the grounds because they were smoking weed in the classrooms. And they also were, like, stealing shit and, like, yeah. Uh, so that movie is kind of a fever dream. I've heard from a lot of people that you have to be high when you're watching it. Otherwise, it just doesn't hit right. And it's also, like, Snoop Dogg, and he was, like, like 40. <laughs> he was 40 and pretending to be in high school. Although, in the movie, it's that's kind of the gimmick, is that he's been there forever. Because oh, okay. he's got the Letterman jacket, mm-hmm. and, like, it's got, like, the whole sleeve is covered mm-hmm. in the years that he was there. So... This is also the year he takes a trip to Jamaica, gets baptized by a Rastafari priest, and becomes Snoop Lion. The amount of cross-sectional things happening. I know. It's because of the weed. Um, Yeah, so he was devoted to the Rastafari faith. Um, And then this year, he also... Is he still a follower? No. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
he also released a compilation Ooh. of EDM mixes called Loose Joints under the name DJ Snoopadelic. <laughs> what, what a name. And he did another mixtape, a collab mixtape with the Dog Pound, which is the Dog Pound consists of the rappers Corrupt and mm-hmm. Daz Dillinger. So he did a mixtape with them. So then in 2013, under Snoop Lion, he comes out with Reincarnated, which is a documentary mm-hmm. and an album. The documentary comes out in March and the album comes out in April. So it emphasizes his distance from the gangster lifestyle and promotes peace and faith, which is what we're talking about. It's pretty much everything Rastafari stands for. It was a, a reggae album. Um, it features Busta Rhymes, Akon, Chris Brown, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> the song is called I think it's like heartbreaks and ashtrays. <laughs> that does sound like a Miley Cyrus. So, Miley Cyrus, reggae, weed. <laughs> this one was nominated for best reggae album at the Grammys. It didn't win, but it was nominated. Oh, that's cool. Um, in September, he did a collab with his sons called the Brodus Boys, uh, called Royal Fam, uh, which is kind of fun. So at this point, he claimed to smoke 80 blunts a day. Can you just stop meowing while I'm talking, Drax? He said, no, I want to cuddle with your shoe. Drax has a foot fetish. At least say it into the microphone. Um, and then he changed his name again to Snoopzilla and joined. He made a duo with, uh, they called him a modern funkster in the article. His name is Damn Funk. Mm-hmm. And they made an album called Seven Days of Funk. Snoopzilla. <laughs> So in 2015, he finally returned to Snoop Dogg. He, this year, he started Mary Jane. Mary is spelled M-E-R-R-Y. It's a digital publication for weed news. He also started Leafs by Snoop, a weed brand that sells flour, concentrates, and edibles. He also put out an album called Bush in May, which Pharrell Williams produced. The single is called Peaches and Cream, and it features guest appearances from Stevie Wonder, Justin Timberlake, Robin Thicke, and Charlie Wilson. Again, Charlie Wilson is steady, <laughs> steady feature on Snoop Dogg's albums. Yeah. 2016, pretty close in July, he puts out his album Kool-Aid. It's like pretty much goes back to his original sound. Uh, Swiss Beats was the executive producer. That year he played at Cho- Coachella. And this was also the year that he started Martha and Snoop's potluck dinner party with Martha Stewart. And that's, if you don't know, it's a variety show that features bits with guest actors and performances. So that show aired into 2017 when he put out his Never Left album in May. They said in the reviews that it's simultaneously nostalgic and in the moment, (laughs) which I don't really know how that's possible. But it also referenced classics by uh, Biz Markie and A Tribe Called Quest. Yes. So, okay, 2018. This is where he goes back to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and he puts out a gospel album called Bible of Love in March. Uh, the collection featured guests from both gospel and hip-hop worlds. And it topped the Billboard Gospel Albums chart upon its release. So, number one. It was like 148 on the regular chart, but on the gospel chart it was number one. Um, And then, this is what I've been really excited to talk about this whole time. In October and November, he collabed with playwright Jacarius Johnson and wrote a music a musical about his life called Redemption of a Dog it's loosely based on his life and I went to it (laughs) at the Airy Crunt Theater in Chicago we were one of three white families there (laughs) and we were at church 100% it was like a ghost of Christmas past type situation 
where um, Snoop and his wife are having issues and she's like, you're only focused on the fame and the There's music, whatever. Like, I want you to focus on the family. He's like, but I make the money doing this. But then it, an angel comes and is like, forces him to think about spending time with his family. So while there's an angel there's also the devil and guess who the devil is Shug knight Shug knight you are correct he literally like it comes out in like a red suit at the end and like tries to kill the angel <laughs> because basically Shug the whole time is like because snoop is like i don't want this life you know the gangster life and he was like well you still have this contract with us and that's the kind of content we want you to produce so you're screwed <laughs> It also kind of doubled as a concert for Snoop because okay. there was a scene in the play where he's doing a show and he brought out Chance the Rapper. At the show you went to? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And there was like a thousand people That's there so and I saw cool. Chance the Rapper. I know. Plus it was Snoop's 47th birthday on the 20th. That's when we went. Because we were going for my brother's birthday. His, bir his birthday is the 22nd. Literally the day before my mom was like, we're going to see Snoop Dogg tomorrow. And I was like, what? <laughs> It was, like, it was so funny. But it was a great time. And we sang him happy birthday and they brought out a blunt cake. That's so it was just cool. a cake made out of blunts. And he cried. Was, oh my God. I loved it. I love him. And that's like when I started to follow him on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. I love his Snapchat story so much. So yeah, that was a great experience. It was a really good play. And he would like include like things from the Bible and his songs and everybody was singing. And oh, it was great. So then at the, this is kind of a fun fact, at the Bottle Rock Napa Valley Music Festival in May of 2018, Snoop Dogg, Warren G, Kendall Coleman, Kim, I'm butchering her last name, Cashel, and Michael Voltaggio set the Guinness World Record for the largest paradise cocktail. <laughs> it was 550 liters. Mm -hmm. It was, of course, a gin and juice drink. It was formed from 180 bottles of gin, 156 bottles of apricot brandy, and 28 jugs of orange juice. 2019, he was a part of Lil Dicky's Earth as a weed plant. <laughs> his, li <laughs> his line recites, I'm a marijuana plant and I'll get you fucked up. And then Kevin Hart goes, and I'm Kanye West. And I'm Kanye West. <laughs> um, okay. So then he puts out a new album, his 17th album, I Wanna Thank Me, in August. It is a nostalgic set that celebrated his legacy while asserting and enduring his place. He had guests like Chris Brown, Wiz Khalifa, YG, Slick Rick, but it also has an appearance by Nate Dogg, who died in March of 2011. So Rip it was an Nate old Dog. recording of Nate Dogg, one of his, his cousin, actually. They're both dogs. <laughs> R.I.P. Nate Dog, we love you. So this album received generally positive reviews. Neil Z. Young of All Music stated, There's not much here to hail a return to form renaissance, but for those in need of a solid dose of the familiar, I want to thank me is pure snoop, complete with sly boasts, smooth production, and nostalgic, cush-loving comforts. So it's just very to-the-core snoop. In 2019, he also created his own esports league Ooh. called the Gangsta Gaming League. <laughs> like a Discord server? Uh, I have no idea. So, 2020 rolls around. Quarantine hits. Uh, so while locked in quarantine, he released the single "I Want to Go Outside," <laughs> just literally ranting about wanting to go outside. Um, 
He also appeared in the new SpongeBob film. And he put out two Christmas songs on an EP called Funky Christmas. How do parents feel about Snoop Dogg being in their children's? We should definitely watch it. I don't know what it is. Because obviously on. I don't think he's not he's he's just himself. doing anything inappropriate, but like it's called Sponge on the Run, if anybody wanted to know. They have changed the SpongeBob movie so much. I just remember the original, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Like we're on a baby hook. And don't think we don't know how to weed them out. <laughs> weed them out. There's just so many iconic things from that movie, I swear. But like, I. The Goofy Goober Rock? Yes. How no, Goofy Goober Rock. So, he's still putting out music. He has three current singles um, CEO, Roaches in My Ashtray, and Say It With Your Booty. Those have all come out this year. Already, it's April. And he was just a commentator for the Jake Paul fight. Yeah, along with Pete Davidson. Everyone was joking that Pete had no idea what was going on. Did you see? I saw a TikTok of him, like, walking around backstage <laughs> or whatever. And he's like, well, you know how important this event is if they're asking me to commentate on it. <laughs> all right. So we're up to date on Snoop Dogg. He's still thriving. He's he's going to turn 50. He's he's younger than I thought. Yeah, he's going to turn 50 in um, October. October 20. So for my recommended songs, I wanted to steer clear from the really popular ones, you know, Drop It Like It's Hot. Yeah. All those. So I chose some because I basically to get in the mood of researching Snoop Dogg, I just listened to the album that I was researching. Yeah. And I found some really amazing songs while doing that. So one of them is Lottie Dottie featuring Nancy Fletcher. That is on Doggy Style. Um, There's Mm -hmm. Candy dripping like water boom and eyes closed which are on the documentary um and boom is one with t-pain phenomenal and eyes closed is with john legend and kanye west it's honestly my favorite on there is eyes closed Mm -hmm. it's obviously beautiful because john legend helped write it but it's also like very lyrically amazing because Kanye West is on it. A musical genius. And this is when 2011 Kanye West was a normal human being <laughs> and didn't write songs. Did not write songs like Whoop did a scoop. Whoop did a scoop. Whoop did So my related artists, my recommended artists are going to be pretty obvious this time around. Um, I've got Tupac and NWA, which are mm-hmm. just a given because it was that era of rap the beginning the founders of gangster rap if you will mm-hmm. or not founders they made it popular though um and then corrupt which snoop dog is like best friends with not best friends but they work together a lot a lot a lot and i decided to include a new include a newer one which is taiga because i feel like he just embodies all of their vibe okay um obviously that, Wiz yeah. khalifa like he's definitely more like I don't know, stonery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about like stone, like really like famous stoners, I thought of Wiz Khalifa just because I the two songs that I like, I really like of him of his is 420 Freestyle and um, Roll It, Roll It, I'm gonna light it, light it when it's time to make it. And then I just remember watching a random YouTube video of him promoting his uh, Rolling Papers 2 album coming out. He did an ASMR video because that was like really trending at the time, I think. So he was just like talking about his albums and his kids or whatever, or his son and like doing ASMR. Um, Thank you. 
thank you for listening to our, our podcast. 420 um podcast. if you like our podcast listen find more. us everywhere yes we're on anchor fm spotify apple podcast google podcast you can find us on instagram at why aren't we sleeping on twitter w a w s podcast um you can email us at why aren't we sleeping at gmail.com um and you can just go to our link tree on our instagram and there's all of our all our links handles there too as well oh yeah we put together a spotify playlist for every episode with our recommended songs from the artists and any related music artists that we talked about just create a vibe yes (laughs) it's two in the morning um we we never went over why we aren't sleeping uh it's because we're recording this right now okay guys thank you for listening good night sleep tight don't let the bed bugs bite or do if you're into that (laughs) and we'll see you in the next episode um sweet dreams love you